Blog Talk Radio. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters with your host, Betty Jo Tucker, author of Confessions of a Movie Attic, right here at www.blogtalkradio.com. out there. This is Betty Jo Tucker thanking you for tuning in to Movie Addict Headquarters. You know, folks, although Fifty Shades of Grey opens this weekend nationwide, we've decided to present a very different take on romance today. So we're going to hear a taped discussion with filmmaker Misha Zubarev and publisher Denise Casino, who talk about It Had to Be Us plus the movies included in this romantic memoir that follows two senior citizens who try to rediscover their lost love. I suppose this one could be called Fifty Shades of Grey Hair. But seriously, (laughs) folks, I need to make full disclosure here. My hubby and I used the pen names of Harry and Elizabeth Lawrence to co-write that award-winning e-book, which is now in the early stages of film development. Before playing the tape, let's check with Nikki Starr to see if she's ready to help with the show. Nikki, is the chat room open for listeners to sign in? It is, and I just want you to know if it takes a little while for you to get in, don't give up. Just keep refreshing. There's a little bit of lag on the chat. so. Oh, thank you for letting us know, Nikki, because we sure do appreciate the uh, listeners who participate in the chat, and, and we also appreciate our other listeners. Okay. Let's listen to our visit with Denise and Misha, which took place a couple of years ago, but is still perfect for Valentine's Day. Now, I see that Denise is waiting in the green room, and I think I'm going to ask her to come out of the green room now. I'd like to to bring her on, but let me tell you a little bit about her. She heads up Long Story Short Publishing, the company that published the extended Kindle version of It Had to Be Us. She's also an avid movie fan with many other irons in the fire, including Wizardly Web Designs and Bestseller Services. Her successful Amazon book launches have helped many authors, which is why she's referred to as Oh Wizardly One by yours truly. Thanks for calling in, Denise. Thank you, Betty Jo, and thanks for always calling me O Wizardly One. Well, I mean it wholeheartedly <laughs> because you're the one you're the one, of course, that published the Kindle version and um and then did the book launch and of course you were you talked about it had to be us back on um one of our shows when the when the Kindle edition first came out in August of 2010. Has it been that long? I guess it has. <laughs> and uh, we, you, you just were wonderful on that show, and you you kind of became a cheerleader. And uh, can you remind listeners what happened if they weren't if they weren't there for that episode? What happened during that launch on on air? 
No, I can't remember. You refresh my memory. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> I'll never forget it. I will definitely never forget it. Because while we were talking about the book, and it was the the first day that it was out on Amazon. I do you remember kept... now. Okay, go ahead. You can finish. We were discussing the book and why we published it and, you know, aspects of it. And all of a sudden, I looked at Amazon and said, Betty Jo, your book just went to number one. <laughs> yes, well, actually, I think it was number. I think it was number. Yeah, I was about number three when you first started talking, and then it went, you know, to number two. And I think it. I don't think we we got to number one until the uh, later. later that yeah later that afternoon. But that was a very very exciting day for for my husband and for me. And and naturally, well, you have so many bestseller as well. It number did. one. No, yes, you only it, got to number two on Confessions of a Movie Addict, and I know why. Well, I think you I remember why, but you refreshed behind, my memory. You got stuck behind Your Book Sucks, or Your Movie by, Sucks by Roger Ebert. Yes. <laughs> How could anybody beat out So We could never that, beat him. <laughs> with that title. I could never beat him with a, with a title like that, but... Uh, but it was just um it was just so much fun uh, yeah. to to be a part of that launch and and the the wonderful work that you do with your with your launches and and um i i never get tired of you telling about why you decided that you wanted to publish an extended version of this and put it on on Kindle so could you could you share that with our listeners well, first of all, you and I go back quite a ways now. I think we first met in about 2003, or maybe 2005, somewhere in there. And uh, I loved your story. I love We all love these happy endings. Yeah. And your story touched so many hearts and has happened, you know, more often than we realize. Married couples, divorce. And then fall back in love and remarry. But what made your story so unique was the way you presented it. The he said, she said, back and forth is is such a great um, expose on how different men and women are. You know, your story was all emotions and feelings, and his story was uh, emotions and feelings, but... Uh, fear, logistics. Now, what am I going to do? Oh gosh, what's happening? You know, and it just was such a fun presentation of an age-old story. And then, when you added all the recipes from the various times that you and your honey got together before you remarried, and the the uh, movies you watched together, it was just it was too good. Well, and apparently I, people think so because the book sure keeps selling. <laughs> well, I hope so. I hope that you're you're right about that. And I um I I think I should tell everyone that when we were pre- when Larry and I uh were preparing the list of movies to be included in it had to be us. We didn't always agree. But um but we did manage to pick uh, 24 films that we we could agree that we enjoyed twenty twenty four romantic films, and yeah. uh, for the listeners, I'll just read off the the titles, 
because so, all of these are out on DVD and probably can be ordered uh, Netflix, and they're they're all wonderful for Valentine's Day. And uh, we'll be talking about some of them in a little more uh, deep, uh, detail later. But but you might uh, jot down uh, the name of a movie that you'd like to see uh, from this list: Beyond Borders, Kate and Leopold, Love Actually, Original Sin. Pride and Prejudice, Return to Me, Serendipity, Two Weeks Notice, The Fountain, Tristan and Isolde, Last Chance Harvey, Music and Lyrics, Moulin Rouge, A Lot Like Love, Under the Tuscan Sun, It's Complicated, Chocolate, Definitely Maybe, Down with Love, Talk to Her, and The Tao of Steve. So, of course, we don't have time to talk about all of those films, but I was wondering, Denise, if if there are uh, some that you enjoyed uh, particularly from, from that list. I know you're, uh, you are a movie fan, and you do like uh, romantic movies. So of course. I, so I, I've been curious. I've never asked you this before, so uh, surprise me. Well, I, I did not see Under the Tuscan Sun when it first came out. But mm-hmm. not long ago, someone reminded me of it, and I actually downloaded it and watched it on my Kindle, which ah. is surprisingly excellent viewing. Even though it's small, it's really pretty good picture. And I oh. adored that movie. I, I adored too. it for many reasons. And what were some of those reasons? Well, first of all, I love Diane Lane. I do, too. She's one of my favorite actresses. I think she is beautiful, and she's very natural. She's very vulnerable. Yeah, and, I see uh, that in her. I also like the aspect of it that she was a book reviewer, and I think the movie kind of starts where she's at a book signing. So that was right. kind of fun for me. I think but you're right. What I really loved, I love these movies that are set in a in a European country. I had was, I was able to tour Europe after college with a backpack, and I was there six weeks. And of course, you fall in love with the charm and and beauty of Europe, but that Italian setting was just fabulous. And that old house she was rehabbing. And those wonderful construction workers who became like her family. Yes, I, I remember that. I remember that. And it it was a beautiful film to watch in terms of the, the visuals in it. And uh, the theme that that came through, I especially liked, and believe it or not, so did so did Larry. It says when uh, it said instead of going looking for love. Says so don't don't look for love. Love when you least expect it, love will come to you. And I thought that was that was really um, quite a theme <laughs> that resonated. So I I like your taste. Uh, Under the Tuscan Sun that that really stands out to me too. Was there any other movie on the list that you thought would be especially appropriate for Valentine's Day? I loved Moulin Rouge. Oh. What a great choice. And you know our friend um, who was hoping to, to be here today, but, but uh, she wasn't able to make it, Jane Bernard, 
Oh, she yeah. sent me yeah, she sent me an e- email and this is what she says about Moulin Rouge. She says it's one of my favorite movies. The music is so great, but for me the most romantic thing about it are the surprises from the performances and costumes to the staging. And this is a sentence you'll like. She says it's so vibrant and dramatic and still sensual like a great love. Well put, right? Yes. Very well put. <laughs> and and yes. um it's it's just a gorgeous film. I of course as uh, the world's avid most avid movie musical fan, I had to have a musical in there and Larry liked this this movie especially uh too. And the whole the whole uh nature's boy theme that that ran through it I thought was lovely and so so many gorgeous dance numbers and uh, and singing well, did you like the the uh, sequence with Nicole Kidman and Ewan McGregor singing that medley of lo- love songs atop yes. that uh, the elephant wasn't that gorgeous that was fabulous the whole thing the extravaganza again set in Europe Parisian background around the turn of the century, turn of the 20th century. So around 1900, a little before Paris became the hub of the Jazz Age authors, F. Scott Fitzgerald and Hemingway and all those people, um, it was still a very hot time in Paris. Oh, and it was. This, this movie really shows that, just you know, kind of a coming of age for Paris, breaking into um, a much more effervescent kind of wild partying time. And that movie just portrays it. And we've all seen the Toulouse-Lautrec posters with yes. the great scenes from Moulin Rouge. That oh, How can you resist? I know. <laughs> really, it's just, it was irresistible. I just... Uh, I, when I saw Ewan McGregor and, and, and heard, I should say, saw and heard Ewan McGregor and Nicole Kidman uh, together, especially when they were singing all those songs, I was convinced there was something going on between those two uh, two actors. I mean, it was so oh, real. You never know. That seems to be a pretty frequent thing in Hollywood. <laughs> <laughs> they were so convincing, the, the chemistry that they had. And, of course, in any romantic uh, movie, the big thing is the chemistry between the the lovers, and absolutely uh, that just you know jumped off the screen in uh, Moulin Rouge. Well, you know what, Denise, we have uh, we'll talk some more about the movies uh, that are included in It Had to Be Us. But Misha Zubarov has been waiting so patiently in the green room that I think it's time uh, to bring him on. Now, but I want to tell listeners a little bit about his background, uh, too. He's the talented filmmaker who created a lovely sizzle reel for It Had to Be Us. And my husband and I are still on cloud nine uh, thinking about that sizzle reel that he did for us. And I've known Misha for some time now and am so impressed with his passion for the visual arts. It's quite evident in the many jobs he's taken on for film and television projects. His experience include, and listen to this, <laughs> Denise, camera operator, videographer, lighting assistant, producer, production assistant, cinematographer, editor, script supervisor, actor, and director. And he's been involved in various capacities on such movies and TV shows as 18 and Out, Four Funny Families, 
the wisdom tree, loneliness, Annapolis, shooter, and about angels, etc. Misha, thanks so much for your creative work on uh, the sizzle reel for It Had to Be Us, and uh, welcome to Movie Attic Headquarters. Betty Joe, thank you so much for having me. Such a such a pleasure to be back at the studio. And uh, as I said, the green room was fantastic. I got a compliment everybody back there. Thank you, guys. <laughs> I I must have a little bit of uh, static here on this end. Could you could you repeat that, please? Oh sure. I was just thanking everybody in the green room. I was uh, very uh, happy. Uh, they're treating me very really really well. Oh, great. And and that sizzle reel you did, what a lovely piece of work. And uh, you, you just brought your filmmaker's eye to the project, and then the beautiful original music that your your father composed for it. And if uh, any listeners haven't seen that sizzle reel, you could just go to Google and just put in um, It Had to Be Us Romantic Novelette Sizzle Reel, and then you, you – uh, be sure that you have your speakers up so you can hear the beautiful background um, music. And You know, Misha, I hadn't heard of a sizzle reel before you did this for our book, and maybe some of our listeners are in the same boat. Why don't you explain what a sizzle reel is and its purpose? Sure. I Well, I think um, traditionally uh, sizzle reels, uh, they're kind of used as uh, to pitch ideas to studio executives, uh, mostly in the realm of nonfiction, reality shows, and things like that, and uh, they were just designed to highlight uh, the basic I- idea of the project and include the various characters uh, and present it and to give a visual presentation to the producers, uh, so the producers can kind of understand and decide whether they want to take the project to the next level. Uh, well, the I think. Between, uh, well, I think the that's a great. Great idea to to have, and, and uh, Denise, who is a, a publisher, Denise, um, don't you think the the sizzle reel is a good way for uh, for authors to get more exposure for their work? Denise, oh, we are yes, having I'm some, here. I'm here. We are, we are having some technical difficulties, I think, and and without uh, Nikki here, that's kind of a problem for me, but. But it, so I apologize for that. I'm but, here, Betty Joe. But good. Well, what do you think about you, uh, authors using sizzle reels, like the one that Misha has put together for it had to be us to get more exposure for their books? I think it's a fabulous idea. I like to put the videos on my launch pages because they're short, but they're very artistic and beautifully done, and they tell about the book in a nutshell. In a, in a beautiful, different way. I also like them because authors are always trying to figure out how to drive traffic to some to their book, to their website. Well, if you have a video on YouTube, that's another avenue of exposure for authors, where they, in in tweeting or posting on Facebook, they can put the link to that YouTube video in. Massive numbers of people see it, and it's a wonderful way to bring buyers to your book. I think that's right, and uh, I I really think it's going to become uh, more and more popular. Uh, Larry and I were astounded at the great uh, field feedback, Misha, that we got 
from your sizzle reel and and it came came on came to us almost immediately and so many of them mentioned that the book should be made into a movie and I was so pleased when you agreed <laughs> so why do you think that uh, this particular book would be an interesting feature film well I think I I kind of have to agree with Denise I, I you know as I read the the story um I I thought that it was so different it was so uh, beautifully told uh, that it, it was just unique in many, many ways. I think that uh, typically um, when you read a, work, a novel, a short story, a screenplay, uh, you're looking for something to be very truthful. And I, I, I don't mean truth with a small t, but truth with a capital T. And uh, as, I, as I read your book, I really felt that it was kind of like a metaphor for life. And uh, and when you were write, writing and describing the emotions and the emotional roller coaster that both you were experiencing and, the, and that Larry was experiencing, uh, to me, I felt that you were in a way telling the reader that this is how life is. It's it's imperfect on so many different levels, but dot dot dot. And this is our story, and this is our outcome, and this and uh, happy endings are in fact possible. And, you know, I have to tell you, Ray Joe, that, um, you know, I, I think personally that, you know, in today's film, uh, usually, you know, all this fancy, glitzy effects and, you know, all this uh, so-called heavy acting, a lot of times it, uh, I think it supersedes, it seems to supersede, you know, style over substance. Right. And because a lot of, a lot of things seem to get lost in, with all these fancy, uh, you know, camera works and this and that, and uh, and substance is always under, uh, not underlined. Like for example, I was reading uh, a review by actually by one of yours, uh, by by John McCarthy, and he was reviewing a film which I think perfectly illustrates this point. And as a matter of fact, I'm not going to mention the name of the film until after I read John's quote. But mm. I have to say honestly, but I feel that. Uh, this film actually, this is one of the films that uh, you mentioned on the list, um, which I was actually a bit surprised. So this is John's quote, and I, and I quote, this is what he says. Uh, Although Streep and Baldwin effortlessly communicate a few amusing insights into the desires of aging rich people, writer-director Nancy Myers forgot to add, quote-unquote, yeast, or better yet, doses of comedic Viagra and estrogen to her recipe, unquote. And I, I guess the film, uh, I don't know if you, if, the film that I'm referring to is uh, with Mel Streep and Alec Baldwin, which in the, uh, is called It's Complicated. And, you know, I and I, I thought that on many levels when I watched it, I thought, of, you know, Nancy Myers as, as, as a work of, uh, you know, seeing how she worked with uh, Mel Streep and Alec Baldwin, both of them did a beautiful job. It seemed very effortless. But at the same time, you know, the substance was not really there. And I think when John, when he made that review, I, I think he really had the nail on the head uh, as far as, you know, having good, viable material, but at the same time lacking uh, substance. And I, I thought this was just a good example. I think your story is unique because, it's, uh, it, because it has all that. And in, in addition to, to this, as Anita already said, um, it shows different point of view, you talk about your point of view versus uh, Harry's point of view, uh, Elizabeth's point of view, excuse me, versus Harry's point of view, and this is something that's also very unique uh, to the storytelling structure. 
Wow. Well, I you know I hadn't thought about um, it's complicated in that in that um, manner uh, because I I really thought it was just being you know they were emphasizing more the comedy uh, than the than the romance although it did have some some similarity to the the story that we were trying to tell in it and it had to be us but um, I I hope you're I hope you're right Misha. <laughs> About. I, I was a little afraid to mention it because after after you described it on your list, I, I got a little scared and a little nervous. I thought, oh, I hope Betty Joe's not going to, going to get mad at me for uh, nope. for mentioning it. But I'm not mad at all. I'm, I, I'm not mad at all. I think that. it's a it's a compliment. And uh, of course, movies are so so personal. Everybody has different their different uh, opinions. But with your insight into uh, how into how movies are made and and the storytelling process because I know that that's your main purpose as a filmmaker. I read that on your site. By the way, dear listeners, you can find out more about Misha on his website. That's www.misha, M-I-S-H-A, Zubarev, Z-U-B-A-R-E-V.com. Did I get that right, Misha? Yes, very sure. You got it perfectly right. Thank you. And um, I hope you will go and check and check his site, and you'll see all of the wonderful projects that he's been involved in. But, but you are—that is your major interest as a as a filmmaker. The the storytelling process uh, isn't isn't that right too, Misha? Yeah, I you know I really enjoy the storytelling process because I again I, I believe that. Um, it's 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 just a very beautiful way of communicating how you see the world. And while all of us see it differently, I think, as I mentioned earlier, you know, there are certain truths in this world. There are certain things that we like to present. And it's not little facts that, you know, for example, in a newspaper, you wake up in the morning, you read the Times or you read the journal or whatever it is you read and you get some certain facts. Yes, those are facts. But truths are universal, universals that we cannot take out of the equation. On some very, very basic level, uh, all of us feel and understand these truths. You know, if not, maybe logically or verbally, we understand them on a deeper, perhaps even emotional um, level. And I, I really enjoyed to, you know, telling a story where everybody, on some level, can connect with and say, yes, maybe even though perhaps it's not my lifestyle, but I can relate to it and I can see how these people live and I can see myself in uh, uh, in the eyes of those people. I, I think that's the beautiful thing about uh, storytelling. Yes, and um, I'm, I'm just so excited about uh, working with you, with you on this uh, project, and we will keep our listeners posted. Uh, Denise uh, is still here, thank heavens. And so, Denise, did you have any... Um, questions you'd like to ask Misha or any uh, comments about what he said? Misha, I have authors that have, believe their books, and, and many of them I believe as well, would be good feature films. Is that something that uh, you're interested in doing? And and look, are you looking for scripts? It's it's actually a very good question. I quite honestly I haven't even thought about it and I I I'm always you know interested in great stories um and if somebody has a fantastic story to tell it's always something worth looking into. Uh 
to answer your question directly, I haven't, again, I haven't really thought about it, but I think that it's always about, um, there's a whole business side of it, and uh, the side of optioning the story rights and uh, eventually, you know, executing them, it's uh, it's it's a process that, you know, takes a lot of time. So it's, you know, I, I think that uh, in Betty Jo's case, I think why her book was so successful, and I think, Denise, you know, you'll agree with me on this, because it's so visual and so compelling, and the story is just there, and it's screaming out on a stage, begging for somebody to come out and, you know, make it, and make it, and turn it into a, into something and put it on screen. I think it so, would be a wonderful stage play. I, I, I truly I haven't even thought about that. What do you think? Because it's oh, so few characters. Well, yes, it would be an easy, it would be easier to do as a stage play, and that's one of the um, reasons I was hoping Nancy would be uh, calling in because uh, she said it's it's sort of like the love letters stage play, and it would be easy to do. But but while we're talking about it, had to be us, and before we get to some of the other movies included in it, I wanted to give instructions or directions for how listeners uh, can uh, take part in the book giveaway. Uh, because we want to give away two copies of the Kindle edition of It Had to Be Us, and uh, because this is Valentine's Day week. So if you would like to enter this random book giveaway drawing, please send me an email at realtalk at comcast.net. That's realtalk, R-E-E-L-T-A-L-K, at comcast.net, and then put the put the title in the subject area, put book giveaway, and uh, then make sure you get it to me by Friday. That's this February fifteenth. That's this coming Friday, and um, I I will be uh, very honest about the drawing. I will have my husband pick the name out of the hat, <laughs> so it, so I won't be uh, be uh, showing any favorites in this. So again, send me an email at realtalk r e e l t a l k at comcast dot net with book giveaway in the subject area of your email, and the deadline for entries is Friday, February 15th. And, um, Denise, I kind of cut you off a little bit when you were talking about the movies that were included, um, the reviews included in It Had to Be Us. So I want to to tell you about three movies that that, um, Nell Minow, the movie mom, and I'm sorry that she hasn't been able to call in, but I'd like to uh, tell you a little bit about the three movies that she wanted to talk about. And, Misha, maybe you've seen uh, one of these or all of these, and, and we can talk a little bit about them. Uh, the first one is a, a favorite of mine. This would be my number one that I would have on my list from the book. And this is perfect for Valentine's Day. It's called Return to Me. And it's a story, a love story with heart. It's an enchanting movie directed by Bonnie Hunt, and I didn't know that she was uh, was a director until I saw this. I, I knew she was a television star. And it co-stars David Duchovny as a grieving widower and Minnie Driver as the woman who receives his dead wife's heart. Don't worry, it's not a tearjerker. It's just touching, funny, and one of the best romantic comedies ever filmed. And then a surprise one that uh, Nell mentioned uh, or and wanted to talk about is music and lyrics. And I, th- I think this is romantic comedy at its best. 
because helping someone discover his or her hidden talents ranks as one of the most satisfying things a person can do for another, and that's probably why I fell in love with music and lyrics right away. It's such a treat to watch Drew Barrymore's character discover she can write brilliant lyrics while roped into a panicky relationship with Hugh Grant's has-been composer-performer, who also finds out he's more talented than he ever imagined as a result of working with her. And happily, the budding romance between these two amusing people adds considerably to the movie's charm and fun. And then the third movie that Nell was going to talk about is one that we've talked about several times on this on this show. It's uh, one of my all-time favorites. It's The Fountain. Of course, I like it because Hugh Jackman, Be Still My Heart, is a co-star <laughs> with... Rachel Weiss, and it's stunning and elegant. Uh, the characters represent eternal love and the battle between death and immortality. However, because it highlights such esoteric elements as mysticism, spirituality, and symbolism, this film may not resonate with some viewers, but personally I found it hypnotic and almost painfully beautiful. So, Denise, did you get a chance to see Return to Me or The Fountain or Music and Lyrics? I hate to say this, but no. <laughs> Not one of those three. Not one of them. You put them on your list, okay? I'll do it. <laughs> that would be good. And how about you, Misha? Have you seen any of those three films? I've seen The Fountain. I I couldn't. I Actually, I've seen The Fountain, uh, I think, I believe, two times. And I, I really couldn't resist the visuals. They're just so compelling, and they they really wanted you to learn more about these characters. I um, I, I thought, you know, that obviously Hugh Jackman, he just did an amazing uh, job as always. And uh, the relationship that was, you know, between him and Rachel Weisz, uh, it was just so beautiful. I... Uh, it was and it was also sad at the same time. I thought that the emotions that the film uh, conveyed, and you know, and combi- combining it with visuals, just produced a very, very powerful effect on me. And uh, I could watch it maybe ten times, and uh, over, over again without, you know, even and probably every single time I'd watch it, I'd see something new. I don't know if that's how you felt there, Joe, but I you know, did. This is one oh. of those movies that. Absolutely. It had, well, of course, it told three different stories, three different stories, three different time periods. And these, and uh, Hugh Jackman played and the three different, three different roles. And, uh, but the story was, was, but everything was tied together with, uh, with a, with a book that, that was being written. And uh, so it was hard for a time to, to, to try to figure out what was going on. But the visuals were so stunning that I didn't mind that, and so I was willing to spend the time, you know, trying to figure it out and and watching it, as you say, again and again. And it's just absolutely uh, one. I think one of the most unique films that's that's ever been that's ever been made. So and and very very romantic. It's it it asks so many questions that you know is it better to to spend time with your with your love <laughs> with the person that you love or if that person you love happens to be ill and you're a scientist is it better to be trying to find a cure i mean you don't really see that in in films very often 
And uh, should we fight death or calmly accept our mortality? And can love conquer all? All of these things are very heavy-duty themes in The Fountain. So it's not a romantic comedy at all. But we, we recommend The Fountain to you, Denise. Are you going to put that on your list? I have it on my list. (laughs) <laughs> Very good. Well, I have two other films that I wanted to mention because um, I would be in trouble with Larry if I didn't because these are two of his uh, favorites. And um, one of them may not seem to be a romantic movie because it's a thriller, but it's um, definitely <laughs> romantic to me. And uh, it's an Antonio Banderas and Angelina Jolie film called original sin it's overblown and implausible but it wins my vote as one of the most watchable movies ever made it's filled with romance and suspense and mystery and talk about colorful locations Denise. this one really has uh, has that going for it and it just intrigued me from beginning to end and most of the critic goes to Antonio and Angelina. They sizzle on screen as a man obsessed with the femme fatale he desires. Uh, Did you see that one, Misha? You know, I, sad to say, I actually, I did not, I did not see it. That's on your list then, okay? Yes. (laughs) The thing that is so amazing is Antonio Banderas. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I mean, he is a beautiful man with such a gentle, um, sensuous way about him that I think all the women in the um, audience are in love with him. And the men probably have a little man crush going. I think you're right. I think you're right about (laughs) that. that Angelina Jolie for the men. I mean, how can you miss with this movie? I know you can't miss with with the original sin. Now I have to tell, in full disclosure, that not very many critics liked original sin. I think I'm one of the few that really gave it a, a rave review. And the other one that I wanted to make sure and mention because this has lots of action in it, and many times romantic films don't have a lot of action in it. But this one should uh, should really fit the bill for for uh, action film buffs. It's called Tristan and Isolde, and it's uh, really a romance for the ages. It's based on a Celtic myth about star-crossed lovers, and it takes us on a journey back in time to a period after the fall of the Roman Empire. It's set in England, and the story concerns the forbidden love between a courageous English knight and a beautiful Irish princess. And the two people in the lead roles are James Franco and Sophia Miles, and this is where the chemistry really pays pays off. I mean, that's the important thing, as I mentioned before, in in uh, romantic movies. And they really generated oh considerable chemistry together. And this film, again, is another uh, gorgeous film to look at. It has almost a, a painterly look, and it just won me over right away. So I wanted to make sure to get those two movies in uh, today. Did you happen to see uh, Tristan and and Azold, Misha? I, I did see it. I saw it. Uh, actually, Tristan and Azold uh, struck me as a very. Uh, it was like you said, a very visual film. I I, I thought that uh, every time I see James Franco on screen, almost every time I could tell that there's going to be. Uh, 
a you know a romance an illicit romance somewhere, and which is obviously uh, in this case it was uh, it was a very very strong romantic uh, story. Um, was it with Sophia Mi- Sophia Miles that uh, right? Yes, yeah, Sophia Miles. Yeah, and here. sorry, huh? No, don't go ahead, Misha. And uh, and I I, I thought that uh, it was just uh, it was a good. I, I haven't. I, I I really would want to watch it again before giving my you know, uh, telling exactly what I how I thought about the movie. But uh, I'll I, I'll definitely trust that. Uh, I remember when I first saw it, it definitely uh, made me feel. Uh, like it, it was a strong, compelling, uh, uh, good love story. So I would definitely. I hate to stop the tape here, but because I really enjoyed that conversation with Denise and Misha, but I see our time is almost up. So this is Betty Jo Tucker giving a big shout out to the folks at Blog Talk Radio for all their support. And to Denise and Misha for being such fun guests and for being so enthusiastic about It Had to Be Us. Thanks also to Danny Dyer for her technical assistance, to Nikki for everything that she does uh, to make Movie Addict Headquarters happen, and to all our listeners. I hope everyone enjoyed the show, and I want to encourage you to check out some other shows which include Comedy Concepts, hosted by the hilarious Nancy Lombardo, who's been in our chat room for most of this episode. And uh, her show is um, aired here on Blog Talk Radio every Monday and Friday at 10.30 Eastern Time. And um, I want you to take a, uh, to check out also the Mom and Pop Shop show, hosted by Mr. Showbiz himself, George Bettinger, on Dreamstream Radio every Monday, Wednesday, and Fridays at 4 p.m. Eastern Time. I can't forget all the diverse shows on the Wacko Network right here on Blog Talk Radio. And I think that we are out of time now. It just went by so quickly today. But I hope you'll come back next time when we will have our Oscar roundup. Three of our favorite film critics will be here to give their Oscar present, Oscar predictions, and that's film historian James Colt Harrison, the movie mom, Nell Minow, and the mad movie man, A.J. Hawkery. So um, you don't want to miss that because the Oscars are coming up. In fact, I think they'll be announced on Sunday February uh, 22nd. In the meantime, please check out our film reviews at realtalkreviews.com. That's R-E-E-L, realtalkreviews.com. Now, in keeping with our Valentine's Day theme, here's Brian Ferry to close the show with one of the most romantic songs ever included in a classic motion picture. It's from Casablanca, so of course it must be As Time Goes By, Sigh. You must 
remember this A kiss is still a kiss A sigh is just a sigh The fundamental things apply As time goes by And when two lovers woo They still say I love you On that you can rely No matter what the future brings As time goes by Moonlight and love songs Never out of date Hearts full of passion Jealousy and hate Woman needs man And man must have his name That no one can deny It's still the same old story A fight for love and glory A case of do or die The world will always welcome lovers As time goes by Lovers 